Welcome to the Forrester Research Podcast. Hi, I'm Tom Pullman, Chief Marketing and Strategy Officer at Forrester. Welcome to today's podcast. Today's topic, untangling the customer experience. Joined by two gentlemen, both research directors here at Forrester, Harley Manning, whose team advisors customer experience professionals. Harley's also the co-author of the book, Outside In. And Stephen Powers, whose team does research for application software professionals in large IT shops. Guys, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So customer experience, one of the, uh, the hotter phrases out there these days. Harley, let's start with you. Do most businesses care about improving the customer experience, or should I say, do they care about the customer experience at all? Yeah, they, they care in that they, they realize that without customers, they have no revenue, can't pay their mortgages, et cetera. Uh, and, and nobody gets up in the morning and says, you know, I want to stick it to the customers. That's not the problem. The problem is that they don't actually do anything about it. They, they come in and they say, yeah, we love our customers, and then they go on to do marketing and logistics and other stuff. Right, so they kind of leave it there. Is part of the problem that's just too fluffy of a topic? I've heard people describe customer experience as, ah, it's kind of fluffy. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, well, it's fluffy if you don't define it. So one of the first things we do is define it. Um, yet, then you have to break it down into its component parts. So you know, we define customer experience as how customers perceive their interactions with a company. And then we break it down into a hierarchy of three parts. So great customer experiences have to be uh, those that meet needs, uh, that are easy, so easy to get your needs met, and are enjoyable, which is shorthand for emotionally engaging. So once you start breaking it down to that level, you can measure it, you can correlate it to loyalty metrics, and you can put a dollar value on it. Okay. So Steve, from where you sit, your research focuses more on the, the IT side of the house. Is customer experience understood in your world? Uh, what are some of the more common misconceptions about the phrase. I think one of the biggest misconceptions is the whole idea that customer experience or customer experience management can be equated into a technology or into a set of technologies. And Harley, you and I have, have oh, talked about amen. that in the past. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's easy to fall into that because you have a lot of vendors out there who are saying, hey, we're customer experience management vendors. And you, technologies can help manage customer experiences or help manage digital experiences. But they don't, they're not a substitute for all the other components of customer experience, which I know you guys say it's, it's strategy, it's what customer understanding, design, uh, culture, measurement, you know, governance. You're not going to have technology uh, you know, substituting for all of that. It can augment some of it, but I don't, it, you know, it's not going to substitute you know, for that. Yeah, you know, that, that, is, that is so true. And it's, what's ironic is that the vendors, they do themselves a huge disservice when they say, I'm a customer experience vendor, because you can't buy a box of customer experience. The, the, the better ones, the ones that are sharper, come in and say, here's what we do that specifically improves this aspect of customer experience. And it, by being specific, they're compelling. Yeah, I, I like you know I like the idea that they need to be more specific. I mean, you know, customer experience technologies or digital ex experience technologies is an umbrella term, but it's not going to replace you know, the the acronym for you know web content management for e-commerce or something else. All of those are distinct pieces underneath that umbrella. Yeah, absolutely. So, so there's no such thing as a be all end all. I'm a customer experience provider, but how would you guys break it down into its piece parts? I mean, what, what does that vendor ecosystem look like if there are four or five categories that are most important out there? Yeah, so we, when we look at customer experience, we tend to look at it from an overall customer experience that starts when the customer discovers that there's something that might meet their needs and then evaluates it, buys it, uh, accesses it, maybe they get support, they obviously they have to use the thing. And so uh, pretty much everything you do 
rolls up to customer experience in one way, shape, or form. Now, when it comes to actually managing customer experience in a disciplined fashion, there are a few sort of uh, uh, technology categories you think of right off the top of your head. One is the uh, vendors who help you gather customer feedback, sometimes referred to as voice of the customer vendors or enterprise feedback management vendors, or lately we've been calling them customer feedback management vendors. And these are guys who help you manage surveys, who help you analyze the results, um, who help you gather unstructured customer feedback, like from blogs or from uh, call transcripts or whatever, and then distill that down into some insight that can feed your business and tell you what you're doing right or wrong, uh, and then ideally trace it back to um, what it is that you have to improve or what you want to just encourage people to keep okay. doing and reward them for. I, I think if you look at the amount of technologies that you could possibly fit under this umbrella, I mean, you could fill pages and pages. You know, we, we, oh, yeah. my team is, or, or our team and, and BT is uh, business technology is trying to create a map, a reference, you know, a mm. reference map for this, and it's it's enormous. It's enormous when you think about all of the things that can can possibly come that can possibly fall under customer experience. I mean, some of the things that my team has been covering, whether it's content management, delivery, or you know, looking at e-commerce, you know, a, a web analytics, recommendations, search. Uh, testing and optimization. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Okay. So it's a big hairball. Let's go back to kind of untangling this hairball a little bit. And let's go back to, you know, why or why do not, why don't businesses care about customer experience? So Harley, let's pretend you're in the, uh, that proverbial elevator ride with your CEO. How do you grab his or her attention? How, how do you get them to care about improving the customer experience? Besides just saying we need to meet their needs, make it easier, more enjoyable. Yeah, so I, I always I always go right to um, the the business benefit of customer experience and the specific business benefits, not just sort of general. Um, so one attention grabber is the fact that uh, in our research uh, we can prove that customer experience is the greatest driver of the three most commonly used loyalty metrics in business today. So uh, willingness to consider for another purchase, likelihood to recommend and likelihood to switch business to a competitor. There, there you're looking at an inverse correlation. So, you know, in plain language, if you want that next sale, if you want good word of mouth, and if you just plain flat out want to keep your customers, you'll deliver a great customer experience. Now, everything after that is just details. There's a lot of math behind it, but, you know, it really, it really comes down to that. You know, if you, if you um, and it's interesting because we've even done this research vis-a-vis -vis, uh, uh, price value perception. And for banks and for retailers, uh, counterintuitive as it seems, you know, we just got back a big chunk of data that, that shows uh, you know, conclusively that in terms of driving those loyalty metrics, customer experience is much more important for banks and for retailers than price value perception, which okay. was, I totally never would have guessed. So beyond those big three business metrics, it's about the details. So let, let's go back to some of those details. So let's say you, you went over that CEO and you have a, you're, you know, it's a medium-sized bank. Uh, they've gone out. They've appointed a chief customer czar. And after a year of big changes and millions spent, nothing happens. <laughs> Loyalty is remaining the same. Sat is, customer sat is flat. Where does the company begin to look at, hey, why didn't we move the needle here? Because I'm hearing that a lot of companies, you know, they're not moving the needle on this. Yeah. So if, if, if what they do is essentially say, hey, customers are now our priority and they issue a bunch of directives, they're not going to move the needle. Um, they have to get down to specifics. So we, we see two different paths that companies that make measured improvements typically take. One is sort of the path of evolution. They don't fundamentally change the way they're doing business, but they map customer journeys, 
They look for places along those journeys that are broken, like a, a failure to be able to buy, you know, or a really rocky support process or whatever. And they start systematically tracking down the root causes and fixing them, and so eliminating the problems. And you can see increases in sales as a result of taking down barriers to buying. You can see great decrease in cost of service by taking away the problems that people are calling about in the first place. Those are super measurable. Uh, you know, for example, Sprint, uh, starting in late 2007, they had terrible customer experience. All that they did uh, was systematically identify why people were calling their call centers, eliminate those problems. Last year, Dan Hesse, their CEO, reported to his shareholders that they save $1.7 billion a year, $1.7 billion with a B, per year from averted call center costs. And that's just the evolution path. So if I'm talking to a company that's maybe hit a rock, maybe not had such a great experience, I typically urge them to do that. Got it. Now, you mentioned, uh, you know, kind of a laundry list of projects and initiatives that can fall out of these things. Do companies have the tendency from where either of you sit to play whack-a-mole with customer experience? <laughs> like there's not an overarching approach, but it's just kind of project to project. We're running into that with our clients around mobility, for instance. Mm -hmm. Everyone yep. has a list of 50 different mobile projects, and I imagine the same holds true for customer experience. Yeah. If you, if you really want to transform, if you really want to revolutionize, then what you have to do is look at um, how you do business at a, at a fundamental way. And that's where you need to have a customer experience strategy that says this is the experience that we intend to deliver in line with our brand attributes. So, you know, if you're making a brand promise that says we're reliable, what does reliable feel like to your customers dealing with your goods or services? So you need a strategy. Uh, you then need to uh, have customer understanding to understand, you know, from the customer's perspective what that that feeling of, say, reliability in this case is going to be, and then design. And I'm talking big D design like the Institute of Design in Stanford, you know, design thinking, which is a repeatable business uh, problem-solving process. And so you put things like that together. You have a plan. You know uh, what your customers really want. And then you design, you prototype, you iterate, you test. That's where you begin to do business differently and you deliver innovative products or services uh, that, that meet customers' needs and make them want to do business with you. And from a technology standpoint, you know, you talk about whack-a-mole, I think a bit about it like the Connecticut Turnpike, you know, mm -hmm. how they're always working on it. Yep. It's the same thing. You get done at one end and you start <laughs> at the other end. The, the technology supporting some of these customer touch points always needs work, but it's a matter of being targeted, you know. Right now, mobile has all the heat, you know, and then, you know, it's the traditional web, but even things like call centers, you know, the, the, the call center agents need better tools to help them do, you know, chat, for example, and use, you know, use other other channels other than, you know, traditional telephone, you know, start chatting over the web. Uh, I was talking with one of our clients. It was a, a major healthcare insurance provider, and they got it into their head, understandably, that, you know, mobile is the hot area, mobile first. So mm -hmm. we're going to put a lot of effort into mobile. And then they went back and started looking at some of their customer surveys and some of their logs, and they realized that because their, their demographic of the people who was interacting with them tended to be a little bit older, they weren't going through the mobile channels as much. They were still dealing more through traditional, traditional web and through the phone uh, and through the call centers. So they didn't ignore mobile, but then they pulled back a little bit on all the work that they were doing on mobile and concentrated elsewhere. Guys, really appreciate your time today. So thanks for uh, joining us. And to all of those uh, of you out there, thanks for listening. I'm Tom Pullman. This has been a Forrester Research Podcast. For more information on how we can help you transform customer experience, go to forrester.com slash customer experience.